1: Okay, on today's episode of the Rebel Health Coach podcast, I have Justine Cecile with me. She is a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner supporting professional women who are struggling with raging hormones, even when they are on hormone therapy. While working on herself and with clients, Justine discovered that there are three areas in a woman's health that are largely ignored Hormone health is a whole gut health and how the mind works with our biology. Realizing that we are responsible for our own health, Justine Cecile brings her personal experience, education, and resources together to guide and mentor women to regain control of their health and happiness. Justine Cecile has spent the last 18 years mastering how to get in tune with the body and influencing environments to improve health and increase happiness. She served in the military and worked with refugees, was a university professor, a programmer, and managed software development. Now has branched out to support women who have put themselves last for most of their lives. Her personal experience with chronic illness that is poorly understood and her strengths of being able to connect the dots, to communicate complex issues with simplicity and to sincerely connect with others, has led her to the path she is on today. Today, we are discussing getting off the hormone roller coaster. Why your anxiety, waking up on the edge, dizziness, and not feeling like yourself are common but not normal, and why hormone therapy isn't enough. And since we are like three, a little over three weeks into the new year, I hope that you're all doing well on your New Year's resolutions. And let's go with this show. Today, I'd like to welcome Justine Cecile to the Rebel Health Coach podcast. Justine, thank you so much for joining me this afternoon.
2: My pleasure, Tom. Thank you for
1: inviting me. Before we dig into the hormone roller coaster, getting off the hormone roller coaster, I'd love to hear your story on how and why you got into this field of functional medicine.
2: Okay. Um, Yeah. So like... Just about every other person on the planet, I've had hormone issues. I've had hormone problems pretty much my whole life, but I never really thought very much about it. You know, I took the medication and stuff that they gave me. I was on birth control even before I had my first period. I couldn't tell you the details because I was a young, you know, a young girl, but they started my period because they were trying to correct some issues that I was having. And then I ended up having a full hysterectomy in my late twenties. You can imagine going into the hospital with your wife while she's going in for an exploratory, and then you having to decide while she's under whether or not she loses her her uterus or not. You can imagine my poor husband was having a, wow. a day. And it was on a it was on it was actually on Valentine's Day of 1993. So it was a pretty rough day for him that day. But anyway, so I've always had problems, but I still really never really thought about hormones a whole lot because, you know, they're hormones. We we all have bad periods, we all have ups and downs. They just do what they do, right? Well, when I was in the military, I... Was an E7, running troops in and out of Bosnia, doing all these things, and my body started to give me some problems. I started freezing up. I couldn't move my left arm. My left leg started having some problems, chronic pain, and I ended up being discharged. Eventually, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. Now, the thing about fibromyalgia is you know, chronic pain, medication all the time. Can't sleep, you name it, they've got people with fibro have the symptom of something. I mean, it's just crazy. You can't regulate your temperature, you can't do anything. But over the course of time, while I was trying to work it out myself because doctors really weren't helping me and I refused to go on disability. I basically started discovering how my hormones were at play here because fibromyalgia has a lot to do with the hypothalamus, which is the bridge between your brain and your endocrine system. And it kind of dictates hormones and stuff. And so I started paying really close attention to neuroscience and hormone health, gut health and stuff like that. And I became a health coach in the quest to fix myself. But a few years ago, I actually lost both my moms in a period of like six months. And both of them died relatively young. One was 68, one was 73. And they both had had hormone problems. Uh, One died from a heart attack, but she'd had weight problems, hormone problems for years and years. And my my mother, who died of ovarian cancer, which is a hormone-sensitive cancer, she also, she had had thyroid cancer and all kinds of hormonal issues her whole life. And so when this was all going on, I just started questioning, hey, look, you know, all the stuff that I've gone through and all the stuff that my mothers are going through, I just decided when I went back to work, work just wasn't where I needed to be. So I decided to do this and I got into hormones. Um, I work. And still do with a lot of people with fibromyalgia, but the thing about it is, is that all conditions, whether it's emotional or a physical connect, has a hormone connection as well as a gut connection. The hormones are really at the center because they're the messengers through your body. So I just started going in this route. It just made sense to me and it's changed my life. And hopefully I've influenced and impacted a lot of women and will. As
1: they continue. Okay, <laughs> that's a that's a story. <laughs> wow, Thanks. I know a lot of women and men feel like their hormones are out of whack. What exactly is a hormone roller coaster?
2: when i talk in terms of a hormone roller coaster i'm talking in terms of you know how especially women we we can't regulate temperature well so one minute we're we're sweating the next minute we're freezing but men go through these things too so you're wired but tired so here you are you're exhausted but you can't sleep at night you're putting on weight you're getting acne for you know a few days a month or or something it's just kind of like Your emotions are all over the place. You just kind of know that you're not doing well, right? You have anxiety. You're always on edge. You're feeling a little bit disoriented with yourself, a little dizzy maybe sometimes. You're just not feeling like you know you should. And a lot of times people think as we get older, especially as we're going through perimenopause or menopause, and even men, they go through their own form, right? Men usually... Their testosterone starts to level out lower, you know, as they age as well. They think that it's common, so it's normal to go through all this stuff. But actually, just because it's common doesn't mean it's normal. It actually means that your body is unable to deal with these fluctuations and it's getting really mixed signals.
1: Okay. Yeah. And that, you know, as a man, I'm 59, so I'm old. <laughs>
2: You're not old. <laughs> you just might feel older, but you're not
1: old. But I know, I know this this menopause and andropause is yes starting to start uh, younger and younger.
2: Yeah,
1: because of some of the things we have in our environment. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. and I know for my myself personally, when when my hormones, my testosterone levels aren't at a level where I need them. I get right. green fog, I get cloudy thinking. I I've you yeah. know, I, I'm on that roller coaster.
2: Yeah. So yeah.
1: Why are menopause and low testosterone such a problem?
2: Yeah. If we take a look at the big picture and we're looking at things, you know, we're saying, hey, they're happening more and more, right? It's it, people are getting younger. And I'm really glad we're talking about this in terms of both men and women. Because I normally work with women. I do have some men. Uh, that I work with, but I'm really glad that you're talking about this for men because this is a big deal for men too. Uh, It just happens to be something people don't talk about a lot, Mm -hmm. right? And even menopause, very few gynecologists specialize in menopause and stuff. They all want to do fertility and, and stuff where they think the money is. But so this is really an area for all people, especially since we live so long that we need to address this. But if we take a look at what's really going on, so everybody loves to think that hormones are the problem, but they're really not the problem. It's a natural thing that our body is doing. As we age, we are no longer fertile. It's not really a good thing for us to be having babies at a really old age, right? Our bodies are Broken down a little bit more. We're not as fast. We're we're unable to care for them and protect them, right? So humans have been on the planet for you know millions of years, right? And and they had to deal with the environment and all these different things. So one, we didn't live as long, of course. But two, as if you're old, you can't really care for that child. So it's kind of a natural thing that we don't need so much of the reproductive hormones going around, right? Right. I certainly don't want to have a period for my whole life and live till I'm a (laughs) hundred. You know, I don't want that. So, so this is something that's a natural thing for our bodies to start doing. And yet it causes so much craziness and it has nothing to do with the hormones itself because this is natural. We might feel a little fluctuation here and there, but not quite to the same degree that we actually are. So, what is causing the problem? Well, you mentioned it yourself. I mean, we're exposed to all different kinds of things, right? Toxins and stuff like that. Um, we have stress in all forms coming at us in ways that are completely different than what we had as we came through the ages. And it's a little bit, it's causing us to have a lot of hormone signals that are getting, you know, they're becoming conflicted. We're also not taking care of ourselves. Our diets are completely different than they were a hundred years ago. And, And so our bodies are just not able to compensate for all this stuff because we're not giving them the resources that they need. We're not giving them the space that they need to actually do what they do, which is heal and repair and find homeostasis. So. You know, when we're looking at all of these irregularities that we're having, we just kind of need to look a little bit deeper. And we need to start thinking in terms of what is it my body is trying to do. And once we start doing that, we can start working with our body to help it out. It does take a few, few steps, right? Right. It can't do it on its own.
1: So what do you see as a major factor or cause behind individuals having a rough time with menopause? or low testosterone later in life?
2: Okay, so the big thing is is that, well, I see seven major areas, okay? Okay. And and what these are is one, we start looking at things like inadequate sleep, um, not getting enough rest. I mean, during the day, I'm not talking about sleep, I'm talking about just resting our nervous system and just our poor energy management, period if you you watch an animal right they run around and stuff but then they nap all day they they're on the go and then they rest even uh deer you know something that that is going to be the subject of predators all the time they're on alert but they're also at rest and we are not right we're just on the go all the time we're We're pushing, you know, technology. We've got lights in our face. We're we're trying to do all these tasks. We're running from place to place. We've got just information coming at us all the time. So poor energy management is one. But let's also look at that gut health. I mentioned that the gut is, there's always a connection there. So we have diminished gut health. We've got yeast and bacterial overgrowths. We've got pathogen infections. We've got Leaky gut or permeability, so we're getting more and more stress because things are coming into our system that they shouldn't. We have insufficient enzyme production, nutritional deficiencies, so all of those things are going to contribute to our hormone imbalances. We're not going to be able to produce hormones, and we're going to have more stress. We're going to we're going to pull on our stress hormones more. We also have poor diets, right? We either have really high carbohydrate diets that unstable our blood sugar but even even diets that are super low in carbohydrates this can cause hormone imbalance as well we actually do need some carbohydrates in our in our diet so we have to manage those things and see if they're working for us There's also a lot of people will eat things thinking that they're helping their hormones, right? So we get a lot of people eat soy products or flaxseed because they're trying to increase their estrogens. We've got, so we have estrogen dominance Mm -hmm. issues that way. People also don't realize that their body fat produces estrogen. So we can have estrogen dominance just because we're carrying a lot of weight. Also Mm -hmm. just being overweight causes stress, which is going to, pool resources to stress hormones but that brings me down to probably the biggest cause and this is trauma excessive stress whether it's internal or external and just what people often refer to as adrenal fatigue and the reason that is is because adrenals are one of the glands in your endocrine system and they're dealing with stress hormones and when everything is stress Right, everything's focused on stress. We're pulling resources to supply those stress hormones, which is pulling resources from your thyroid, it's pulling resources from your estrogens, your progesterones, your testosterones. It's there's a, it's a lot more complicated than that, but stress is the number one factor. It's under all those other areas I just talked about, actually, if you think about it. Right. So, um what we want to do, though, is identify what stress is. So a lot of people talk about stress and they kind of blow it off because it's just this big general term. But what stress really is, is it's anything that your mind, your brain, and your sensory system perceives as a threat that triggers that stress response system, the hypothalamus, pituitary, the adrenal glands, to release and secrete stress hormones. Right, so we're, so any threat, it could be real, it could be perceived, it could be a pathogen, it could be eating the wrong food, but it could also be, I don't have the right shoes to go with my dress, to go to that party with, and nobody's going to like my shoes. It, I mean, it could just be something as silly as that, or as serious as that, depending on who you are, or it could be something real, right? It could be something that we create. And, and unfortunately, we do this all the time with our minds and stuff. So stress, anything that triggers those stress hormones, that's just going to start breaking you down and pulling resources away.
1: Right. I I honestly believe that uh, this is a lot of the cause for menopause and andropause starting mm-hmm. at a younger age.
2: Oh, yeah. Because
1: yeah. along with the toxins that and the food that our choices or food choices, but, you know, stress and living in that sympathetic mode. I mean, Mm -hmm. that fight or flight mode that we get up in the morning and we're all striving, you know, people have goals, goals. We got goals. You got to have goals. You got to have goals. Right. So people get up in the morning and they're chasing that goal,
2: but they don't take
1: time from, you know, and I'm I'm guilty as the next person. (laughs) You know, I I was up last night told, Eleven o'clock, working, you yeah, know? and I'm pushing yeah. myself because I had to get stuff done, right. And and I think you know that's one of the biggest causes of all diseases, in my opinion, is stress. But and it it really circles back around to your know, HP access. and as far as the hormones go, because if 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 that's all screwed up the rest of your guts you know but your gut has a lot to do with it so let's go let's talk about that a little bit what about the? where is it talk about the gut in in relationship to the hormone system
2: well for one the 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 basics of hormones you need to be able to produce them right right and so if your gut health isn't very good or you are you're not producing the enzymes you need to break down fats and and proteins and stuff you're not going to have the nutrients to produce the hormones in the first place. So that's an issue right there. The other thing about our gut is we want to remember that the gut is just like our outer skin. It is a protective barrier. So Food and particles and pathogens and all kinds of things come through our mouth and into our system. And it is our intestinal lining and our stomach and everything. It's going to protect us from anything we don't want to pass through. But if we have rips or tears, just like you get cuts and scratches on your skin, if we have those on our intestinal lining, that is going to allow particles and toxins and and pathogens and stuff to enter into our body. And that's going to trigger the immune system, right? And that's going to trigger stress response because now you've got a threat going on. So right there, just the health of the the lining and the organs and tissues and stuff through the gut, through the digestive tract is going to be imperative to your ability to withstand stress also, right? So one, you've got... You need the nutrients and two, you want to maintain that barrier. And then three, if you've got dysbiosis, right, where you have either good or more bad bacteria that are over bloomed within your gut. So you're not breaking down foods properly or you're producing metabolites that aren't doing you very good or if you have good bacteria that aren't in as much because they're overridden by bad bacteria. Now you're not getting metabolites you need for energy production. You need those just as well as the nutrients, these metabolites. You also can be sending signals like your body, like certain pathogens, like if you have a yeast infection or certain bacteria, they'll make you crave sugar. And so now mm-hmm. you are got a higher carbohydrate diet and it's because you've got a dysbiosis in your stomach, right, if you've got pathogen infections inside your intestinal wall, or, Or let's say you have an H. pylori bacteria that's causing you to have acid reflux. Not only is the barrier hurt, but also you're not digesting stuff and it's causing you stress because of the acid. So now anything that goes on in the gut is going to affect that hpa access that you're talking about right it's going to trigger that stress response system the other thing is is a lot of things are going on in your gut those bacteria the microbiome they're responsible for helping you produce the feel-good chemistry these neurotransmitters like dopamines and serotonins and gabas they also help you produce melatonin which is the hormone that helps you sleep and calm down and rest at night so if your gut is out of whack you're causing all kinds of stress, right? You've created, you know, a threat from all different levels, and so that's going to cause problems.
1: I mean, that, that's <laughs> something that a lot of people miss. I mean, yeah. and, and including, I mean, allopathic medicine doctors, bless them for mm-hmm. being doctors, because mm-hmm. we need the doctors for triage, right? But a lot of a lot of doctors and practitioners like yourself and myself miss the we miss the gut sometimes but that's where yeah. in my opinion that's where we should start in a lot of
2: these cases yeah in the functional medicine world gut is kind of king right, right? this is where everybody is in my particular world i think hormones are king but you can't separate the two right, right. you have to work you have to work look at the gut right. if you're going to work on hormones the reason why i'm kind of more hormone focused though is because hormones are the messengers they're the things that tell things to, what to do throughout your system, right? They they target organs and tissues and say, absorb blood sugar or do this or do that. So they're the things that are managing what's going on in the body. And so that's kind of why I focus there. But I but you can't separate the gut and the hormones, right? You always have to have it in there. So I think of them as a really close-knit partnership. Okay. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, it that does make sense. I, wow. I do, always pay attention to the gut.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Hippocrates was a very—I mean, what is it—two thousand, two hundred BC mm-hmm. when he said all disease begins in the gut.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So, it's,
2: yeah. Anyway, and he's, and he, and he's right. right. I'm not. I'm not saying that the gut's not king. Right. I just. Right, the, I hormones, get the hormones and stress for me, you know, because stress and hormones are the same thing. I
1: get right? it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I get it. Why has it become normal that women should expect a natural part of the reproduction health to cause such problems?
2: Yeah, it, again, I think it's just because it's so common. Uh, people consider common to be normal, which is unfortunate because you know, it's not normal. You know, if we really think about what nature wants for us, nature is not going to want us to be super fatigued. Nature is going to want us to sleep well when we can sleep well so that we have the energy to run when we need to, right? So nature wants us to survive. Nature is not about tearing us down. It's about keeping us in a healthy state so that we can survive longer. And so when we look at something like menopause and Mm -hmm. antropause and stuff like this and everybody's got it, we just think, well, we're just like everybody else. Right. And the Mm -hmm. brain does that. The brain is all about us being part of the tribe, being part of the group, right? The brain, it's actually a necessity for us to fit in. So if it looks like everybody's having it, then we fit in. So we're, we're, it's normal. That's the thing. But remember You know, for millions of years, we were out there in the savannas or wherever we were. We had to to stay in a group. We had to be part of the tribe and part of the group. We still do today. We are not happy and we're we're not able to do everything if we are outside of the group. We need to be in the group. The problem is, is that we start looking around and everybody's got the same problem we consider normal you know common to be normal and we're not we're not thinking beyond that but we we can and we should
1: okay let's let's back up and take this as a a person coming to you what are some of the first steps to correct this problem as a as a as a client
2: this is a really good question because people really need to know what it is that they should do because in, in my practice, my philosophy is, is we are the designers, the creators of our own reality of health and happiness, but we can't do it alone, right? We all have gaps in our education and our knowledge base. Um, I might be a really strong writer, and, and you may not be, so, but you can think, and so maybe I write for what you think, right? So we all have strengths. And, but we have areas that we're not as strong in. So we kind of need each other. Again, back to that group mentality, right? We need to lean on each other. In my practice, though, you have to be the person who is managing, leading, you know, dictating your, your care. And so what I do with my clients is, is I make them just stop for a minute and, and let's take a look at what's going on. And that means laboratory testing. I have three labs that I do as a foundation and then I can expand from there. But before I do any testing, I'll sit down with somebody for an hour, two hours and go through their health history, their food history, their stress history, how they respond, what they go through, how they react, how they talk to themselves, what Mm -hmm. symptoms that they're experiencing, when do those symptoms show up, when do things seem okay? I really get in real deep And then we do the laboratory testing. You want to do both because a lab test is really a moment in time. And if we're talking hormones or anything else, I mean, pathogens is one other thing, but hormones and chemistry changes every moment of the day. I mean, it it doesn't stay the same, right? But you can see patterns with testing and it can validate and verify what you're seeing through the interview process. So you really need to have both. So if you see any health practitioner, you need to have somebody who's going to take the time to really get to know you. Because there's no way in the world that they can be the expert on you. You are the expert on yourself. But sometimes we don't even know the right questions to ask. So that health practitioner that you're seeing needs to be able to ask those questions so that you can see the patterns and start to put pieces together. And then you do the testing to verify. So That's the first step, no matter what. And and just really establishing, hey, where are the problems? What are the triggers? What is it that I really need, want, and desire? You got to get to know yourself a little bit. All of those things come into play. So that's really the first step. And unfortunately, when it comes to hormone therapy, people go in and say, hey, I'm feeling some anxiety and this and that, and they get (laughs) progesterone, (laughs) right? When their anxiety was actually panic attacks, not And they have higher progesterone because they've got higher stress levels. And now they're worse, right? But I see that all the time. People go in, they talk for like five minutes, they they tell them, but they don't really know themselves. They don't really know the difference between anxiety and panic attacks. And so the diagnosis is wrong, right? False, not enough intel.
1: I see that, I, I think, a lot. Of things that happen here is mm-hmm. that, especially in allopathic world, I'm, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm trying not to bash it, but <laughs> a funny. lot of people would go into yeah. the physician or the primary care physician and ask or tell them what they're feeling. The first yeah. thing they do is get a an, an anxiety pill. Or, uh, it's okay.
2: Antidepressants. Antidepressants,
1: antidepressants. yeah. Yeah. Uh, SSRI. Right. And the doctor and and you get put on that and and that just snowballs the rest of the system. Right. Right. And and that's a sad reality of it.
2: It is. And 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 it's not always the doctor's fault. You know, the doctor has so much time and they're listening to you. But again, sometimes we ourselves don't even understand. We're not we nobody's asking us the right questions. So we ourselves can't even understand what's going on. And we'll talk about our immediate concern and not something that might be a little longer term, that, that really is the indicator of what's going on. Right. And so hormone therapy and, and, and antidepressants and all of those things, they have a place, right? Exactly. If they're yeah. applied, they have a place. If they're applied skillfully, and that means you have to actually have an idea of the bigger picture, right? You have to actually have taken a look at it and done the verification as well. I know so many people who've been on antidepressants or something. Um, This gentleman told me not too long ago they put him on, I think Zoloft, because his dopamine was low. Or when either serotonin or dopamine. I don't know. I can't remember which. And I'm like, Oh, did you get tested for that? And no. And I say, well, how do they know? Well, he just, I, he, I told him a few things about what was going on and that's what he came up with. And I went, Oh, okay. Well, did you do anything with your gut to see if your gut can produce those in the first place? No. <laughs> so now you're just t- treating not even a test result, right? You're not and, but even treating a test result, all you're doing is possibly putting fuel on the fire. Right. You're not actually correcting the dysfunction. And and when you throw in chemistry, your body now has to compensate for this new chemistry, right? All of a sudden it's got this influx and it's going, okay, now I got a whole bunch of this. But what if your detoxification system is clogged, right? And doesn't know how to flush things out. And so now you're getting too much because you're taking it orally, right? So, All these other problems can happen. You really want to take a look at the big picture.
1: And now for some general housekeeping. First things first, if you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute. Go into your app and rate and review this show. Then share it with your friends. This would mean the world to me. Next up, to join my mailing list for newsletters and other emails, text. R-H-C-P Rebel Health Coach Podcast R-H-C-P to 22828 Again, text R-H-C-P to 22828 I promise not to send you endless emails, believe me Who has the time for that? Now to grab a free 20 minute consultation with me Go to my website and on the home page, at the bottom is a red button that says book now. Click it and schedule your consultation with me. I will have you fill out an intake form so that during our consultation, we can discuss what I can do for you and also see if we are a good fit to work together. You can find the link in the show notes also. Thank you and enjoy the rest of the episode. This is let's talk about testing for a minute. Mm -hmm. And this is something I see as in my, you know, you go to the physician, they run a blood panel, they run a CBC or you know, CMP. Yeah. And and then they for men, they usually run testosterone.
2: Right.
1: So let's talk about this. This is something that really is my pet peeve, but (laughs) is it is the levels. Like my my I mean, I'm going to use myself as an example. My testosterone mm-hmm. was 225. Okay. And in according to the ranges, 225 is normal.
2: Right. But, but it's normal. Yeah. So. So
1: if people walk away they say that my doctor said it was normal. Yeah. <laughs> but I still feel like shit.
2: Well, we get this all the time on the women's side when we're talking thyroid, right? Thyroid, <laughs> thyroid is
1: a perfect example for women.
2: Yeah, this is, this, is, this is the thing. So those ranges are based on a population of people who are not complaining about certain symptoms. That does not mean that they are without symptoms. Okay. So let's just say I have fatigue, but I don't complain about it because I just think the reason why I'm fatigued is because I work long hours and I don't realize Mm -hmm. I have a problem. Right. So I'm not complaining about fatigue, but I'm now in the pool, even though my melatonin might be really low and I might have a pathogen, which is create, you know what I mean? So I'm not a normal, I'm not a normal person. I've got issues. I'm just not complaining about them because I'm back in that crowd mentality of it's calm and it's normal, right? So that's what unfortunately happens with these ranges a lot of times um, is we, we think, okay, we're in this range of normality, but that's because it's a pool of people who weren't complaining that they had a thyroid problem. Right. right. The problem with thyroid, though, now I'm going to I'm going to kind of scoot out of here a little bit just to talk to you so I can illustrate why optimal is is better and why you need to look broader than just looking at your thyroid hormone, the THS. The right. TSHs. So the thing is, is that if you've got a stress problem, right, you've got chronic stress and you've got lots of cortisol floating around there. Cortisol loves the same cell receptors that thyroid does. Cortisol happens to be more of a survival hormone and thyroid is more of a strive hormone. So if we take a look at strive and strive means not everything's perfect. It means, you know, you're, you're working, right? It means you're, you're going about your business. Sometimes a little harder, sometimes a little easier, but you're striving for something, Right. Thriving is where you're just in that moment of bliss. You know, you're looking at something, there's not care in the world. Survive though means you're under threat. Now your brain and your body says if you're under threat, who cares if you thrive or you strive even if you don't survive? Right. So if you've got cortisol and thyroid competing for the same cell receptors, who do you think's gonna win? Hmm.
1: Cortisol. So
2: you Yeah, cortisol. So you're Thyroid can be totally normal on your lab test, but if your cortisol is out of whack, guess what? You, you could go. have no place for that thyroid to go to. This is why you gotta look deeper and you gotta look at metabolites and all kinds of things to determine if you're producing enough thyroid and if it's being utilized enough. Right. The other thing is is if you got high cortisol, what it does is it it makes you Produce more reverse T3 instead of T3, which makes the thyroid inactive. So now you're producing plenty of thyroid. You look totally normal, except for you're producing a lot more reverse T3 to make it inactive so that the cortisol can get in those, those cells. This is why you can't look at just a thyroid panel. This is why when people come to me and say they, got a, they think they have a thyroid problem, I actually don't worry about the thyroid so much. I'm going to go look at the stress side of the house. Right. So this is the same problem, though, we have all the time. And then optimal levels are, again, not based, they're based on the general population. So at, at FDN, where I'm, I have, I'm a certified FDN practitioner, at FDN, they have been collecting data from people who feel their best, like their symptoms are gone and been collecting this data since the mid nineties determine optimal ranges were age groups and sex, but even still what's different for the, it, it, it could always be individual. So for myself, right, I have fibromyalgia, but I'm no longer symptomatic. I couldn't walk in and get diagnosed as fibromyalgia today, but, But trust me, I know it's not cured. That means I need different levels of things to deal with what's going on in my life. So my optimal ranges where I feel best are slightly different than even optimal ranges that were based on on what FDN put together. And that's because my body is just different now. Does that make sense?
1: That makes perfect sense. Let's talk about, since we're on this testing, let's talk Uh about some of the testing.
2: I do? Yeah. Well, I have three base tests, three foundational tests that pretty much I have everybody do. That's going to be the Dutch test. This is going to be a broad spectrum hormone test. It's going to take a look at not only active hormones, but also metabolites, which is really important because metabolites are going to tell you what's been used. So now you can tell if you're producing enough and whether or not you're using it enough, that type of thing. It also looks at your stress response system. So it's not just looking at your sex hormones and stuff. You're looking at melatonins, cortisols, those guys as well. We're also looking at some neurotransmitter metabolites and stuff to see if you're utilizing things like dopamines and serotonins and stuff. And, and that's going to tell you a lot about how you feel good, how your gut is doing and functioning. There's a few other things in the Dutch test as well. And then I also do an organics acids test. And what's good about this test is it's going to help determine if you have nutrient deficiencies, It's which is going to help you realize whether or not a pathway, like a detoxification pathway, is functioning or not. So you can tell if you're missing a nutrient. That's going to help with that pathway. But it's also going to tell us if it's functioning or not, which is really cool. And there's some new research that came out. And then if you look at the OATS test, you can actually determine if your mitochondria are doing a pretty good job. Um, and then the other one is, is I'm always going to look at the gut. I do a GI map, which is going to look at certain things um, within the gut, in addition to looking for pathogens and dysbiosis, the imbalance of your microbiome and stuff like that. So those are the three basic test that that i do usually everybody comes to me with a cbc they've had them done by their doctors i'll review those i don't usually need to redo those but from there i do food sensitivity if it seems like something's going on sometimes i do a full thyroid panel in addition sometimes i do neurotransmitters but all of those are going to be based on the individual that interview that i told you about nothing you know but those three tests are the primary tests that i'm going to look
1: yeah, I love the Dutch test myself personally.
2: Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, it's, it's a really, really yeah. amazing test, yeah. and, and doctors—you know—I mean, functional medicine doctors do it. But I go the. If,
1: if you mention a Dutch test to an allopathic physician, he has no idea what you're talking about.
2: No, no, they don't. And, and they're they're just basically looking at blood tests. And blood tests are really inaccurate when we're talking about whether or not you're producing and using hormones. Right. And that is what you need to know. You need to know if you're producing them, and you need to know if you're using them, and you need to know if you're flushing them. That Those are the things you need to know about your hormones, and a blood test really does not do that for you. Yep. Even even a wet urine test doesn't do all of that for you.
1: I agree with that too. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about hormone replacement therapy.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Mm-hmm. At what point do you recommend hormone replacement therapy? And what and I know there's a couple of different types. There's bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. Right,
2: right, right.
1: There's, you know, so what do you, what do you where do you come in with this?
2: So the thing about hormone therapy in in my my lane here is is that first I'm only going to suggest it if it's necessary. Now hormone therapy can help you know if you can add some hormones you can provide some relief and that will give your body some space. Basically that's going to lessen your threat, right? And that's right. going to give your body some space to actually heal and do some some corrective right so if you're working on other things let's say you're working on your gut intestinal lining and you're trying to repair it and 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 get rid of some pathogens and stuff by providing some hormone you know replacement therapy by giving you some support there you're going to take some of the pressure off your body so you can focus on healing that gut issue right so there are times when you want to use hormone replacement therapy or hormone therapy I tend to not go with things like the end, like estrogens and stuff like that. I have a tendency to lean more for precursor hormones and go further up the chain. And the reason that is, is because hormones are all produced by the same base, you know, you know, building blocks, healthy fats, B vitamins and things like that. And then they produce as along the way, they produce other hormones, which produce other hormones. Progesterone, for instance, is necessary to produce cortisol as well as being able to use progesterone in your body. And so you produce progesterone in your ovaries, but you also produce a little bit in your adrenal glands. And before progesterone, you need things like pregnenolone. And pregnenolone, you know, if you've got a, a progesterone issue, maybe it's better to give you some pregnenolone, which is a precursor hormone that produces at a higher point in the chain so you're not just giving it to you at the wrong place and stage um a dhea also is a precursor for your sex hormones right so if you've got all kinds of issues maybe you have low progesterone low um, estrogens or and or low testosterone, maybe you want to do the DHEA, maybe you want to do both of those. It just kind of depends. The hormone therapy is really good to provide some relief, right? Give, give your body some space to do the other things. And, and so it supports corrective care in that sense, right? But it should never really be long-term. It should never be like forever. It should always have a very targeted reason and it should be monitored. That's, it, it needs to be skillfully applied. It's,
1: it's I think the monitoring part is where a lot of this gets goofed up.
2: Yeah, yeah. I see. So a lot of, you see more talk about estrogen dominance right. and, and stuff like that out in the world. And, and there's a lot of it. But what I've been seeing a lot more of, and this is something I personally experience. this is why I recognize it, is progesterone. <laughs> dominance in a way. Actually, you might still have higher amounts of estrogen than progesterone, but the ratio is off. And so when you have high amounts of progesterone, it can actually turn pretty nasty. And if you explain it wrong, it sounds like estrogen dominance, but it's not, it's progesterone is the problem. And people love to give people medical people love to give people progesterone because it's the calming hormone It's the one that mellows everything out but unfortunately if you got too much of it you have real panic attacks you have real issues and it can you know i have written a blog post about how you know i would kill you if you walked in the kitchen and i had a knife in my hand when i was had too high progesterone i mean it was like everything irritated me to no end and it and so It can be misinterpreted as estrogen dominance, whereas it's progesterone is the issue. So you really, really want to monitor and stuff because as your body is making corrections, so too, your hormone levels are going to start making corrections, right?
1: Right. As a practitioner, Mm -hmm. what do you see as a way to address this all the best way?
2: The best way. So, really, I I think I mentioned this earlier. the The biggest thing is is that you got to get to know yourself. Right. You you as the individual need to learn how to be really aware of what your sensory system is telling you, because your negative thoughts and all these feelings that you're having, right? They are actually your subconscious talking to you. They're telling you some really important information, but we push things off. We don't have time. I've got a headache. I'm not paying attention. Mm -hmm. I've got no willpower here. I can't do it, but I got to get it done. So I'm going to muscle through it. You got to start paying attention to those things because this is your subconscious telling you something is wrong. Something in your world is not right. Okay. And I know this sounds really counterintuitive because we're talking hormones, right? Aren't we supposed to talk about food and diet and stuff like that? Your hormones are messengers. They are talking to you and to parts of you at all times. You gotta listen. That's the thing. You gotta know what is being said. I know that sounds weird. No, it's not. But you gotta know. Then the other thing, the next step really is getting to know yourself. And what this means is understanding your history and how you react, what your behavior is. A lot of times we think we know something, but our behavior says something completely different. This is why people think they self-sabotage all the time. I know to eat this, but all of a sudden I'm eating cookies. Well, your behavior is telling you the truth right and your behavior is telling you that you need something or that you desire something and what you want is what you're consciously thinking has nothing to do with the other two and your subconscious rules forget your conscious mind it's 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 last in line right so you can muscle through it sometimes but your subconscious if you need something is going to take over and if you really desire something that subconscious mind is going to get it for you one way or the other So Mm -hmm. you got to get to know yourself a little bit. And then, you know, you don't build a house by asking people, well, what would you do if you built the house? Well, I would use this water heater and I would have my bedroom wall facing east and I and then build the house. Right. Right. And that's what people do. They go on Google. They talk to people. They get all this advice, but they got no plan.
0: Right. right? Right. You
2: you got if you're going to build a house, you got to have a plan. You got to have a set of things you've got to put it together, and then you got to be skillful about applying it right. And, and then you got to check in with yourself, you got to always be centered and, and say, Is this working for me or not? It, you know, I'm eating a diet that I'm told is really great for hormones, but you know what? I'm freezing all the time, something is wrong, it's not working for me, something is still off, even though I'm following the advice. Do so you still have to check in with yourself because you are the expert with you. And this is what you would do if you were on a job, right? You if you were building a house, if you were doing a project, you would have to, you know, be aware or identify the problem or the goal right you have to know yourself you got to analyze the thing you've got to plan clear the way to know what it is you're going to do what steps you got to do the steps and you always got to check to see if it's still working if it's still valid right you, this is the same thing you would do at a job but we don't treat our lives that way we're really chaotic with our lives you know one day we're a paleo person the next day we're a keto person the next <laughs> day we're like, oh fuck it you know? <laughs> we don't have a plan we don't know ourselves we don't do our thing um you know yeah, in my yeah. practice we do the lab testing and we do that work where we get to know a person and and do that stuff and then we go through it and guess who's in charge not me no i'm i'm just the resource the person who's in charge is the client. Right. That's who's in charge. And, you know, that might seem really really odd to people because they go to a doctor and they think the doctor's in charge, but no, doctors just a resource. Doctors just a tool. Hormone is just a tool. And I know you mentioned bioidenticals or synthetics and stuff. I got things about them, but really in this in this talk right here, they're just tools. Yep. You know, um, I one might be better than the other, right. depending on what's happening, you know, and that's right. that's how I see it.
1: All right, Justine, in closing this out today, what would you like to say and, and leave the people listening as a message?
2: When it comes to anything you're experiencing that doesn't feel well, like it just doesn't feel right to you, it isn't right. That's, that really is the thing. Forget that everybody has, you know, digestive problems when they eat too much broccoli, you know, or something, right? Forget that. That that's just bogus. If it doesn't feel right to you, it's just not right. I've met women who've said I've had constipation my whole life and they think it's totally normal, but they want to talk to me about hormones. I'm like, no, 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 we're addressing constipation. Uh, this is not right, right?
1: I have so to hand clap on that one. <laughs>
2: So, if it doesn't feel right to you, it is not right. You are the person in charge and you are the person who can determine what's going on. And if you're not getting the help that you need or the resources and it's just not working for you, it got to keep going. And if I had left myself to my doctors, and I want you to know, I love my physician that I have, I'm have a VA doctor, I adore, but guess who's in charge? I am and I am not symptomatic because I am in charge and because he does what I tell him I need done. And when I walk into the office, I'm actually helping him with his problems more than he's helping me with mine. He just says, what do you need? And I say, I need this. I am in charge, just like you are in charge of your life. And but don't think you can do it alone, because when you try to do it all by yourself, you just wear yourself out. You, you stress yourself out. Right. Remember, right. don't stress yourself out. Oh, I got one more thing. Okay. Right. Which We talked about survive and strive and thrive. Right. Our daily activities is strive. There's going to be some hard stuff. There's going to be some easy stuff. It's about living your life. It's a strive. It's not survive. So the next time you get You know, cut off in traffic by some guy who's having a bad day and he's late to everything. React because you got to survive the accident, right? And then let it go. It's just strive. It's like, it's no big deal. You're not going to lose your home. You're not going to be any later than you were. And, you know, you're not in the accident. So just, we push a lot of our strive into survive mode all the time so we create a lot of the stress that we experience and it's stress you got to get rid of okay okay there you go now <laughs> that's
1: i thought it's something
2: for me
1: it is a big deal <laughs> that's I mean, a big deal it is a big deal because that's where a lot of the wheels fall off
2: we create so much of it and honestly it's okay for that initial reaction you know it I, I'm going through an IRS audit right now. This is the second time I've done it. First time I didn't handle it very well. This time I got it and I said, oh, those assholes, right? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Those jerks. (laughs) And then I said, no, you know what? I'm not going to lose my home. I know what I'm doing. I've done it before. This is no big deal. And I've actually had no issues whatsoever. I've gotten everything almost all together. I just got to finish printing stuff out. And I'm totally cool with it. It's like it's not even stressful, and most people think an IRS audit would just be like, you know, world's end. But my house, I'm, I still got my house. I still my job. I still have, eat, you know, whatever I want to eat. Right. I still have to travel to Thailand. No big deal. It's just going to take some extra time, but that's striving, right? That's yep. that's not surviving. That's striving. So. Um, just keep that in mind, because the more you can get out of that stress response, the more your body can actually do the job that it knows how to do. And yep. that keeps your hormones balanced.
1: Exactly. Uh, Justine, before we go, if you had an hour or half an hour to an hour to kill, mm-hmm. what album or artist would you put on there to listen to?
2: Oh, boy. Um, it would depend on the mood that I want to be in. So okay. I don't, so I use this a lot for environment to, to create the mood I want. So like recently, because we've been talking about the white album, um, cause it was, it's just, it's golden anniversary. I've been really wanting to listen to the white album, right? The, the Beatles white album. But there are just times where I like country music or I like African world dance and but if i'm programming i used to be a programmer and people thought this was funny especially my kids cuz they thought i was this really old lady i love electronica <laughs> <laughs> electronica and programming goes perfect together oh for me. my
1: goodness
2: but it just depends on the mood that i want to be in um you know sometimes i feel like dancing sometimes i feel like mellowing out so it just kind of depends
1: yeah. yeah yeah i agree I mean, the White Album is a great
2: album. Yeah, yeah. So I was listening to NPR about it because they were talking about the golden anniversary, and, and I was just, like, oh yeah, I love that. And so I've been listening to the White Album a lot.
1: I might go. I might put that on this afternoon. Yeah. I mean, where are you? Where, where, where are you located?
2: I am located in California. Okay. I'm in Monterey, which is a okay. couple of hours south of San Francisco on the coast. I saw the Grateful Dead in Monterey. There's a lot of Grateful Dead in this area. Yeah, they're from the Bay Area, and my husband happens to be a Deadhead. So, um, little trivia: he rode a boat with a friend of his. He was in a race in 2016 from Monterey to Hawaii. So, no sails, no motors, just arm power. Um, the only power they could have was solar power for their water. Generator, right? Their desal thing that they had on the board. And um, he listened to the dead the whole way. Wow. <laughs> that, was, that was like the only thing he had was the dead. So
1: I can't remember. I think it was 86 I saw them in 85 or 86. I saw them in Monterey for three days. I was. Yeah, you, you,
2: you very, they were, they were in this area a lot. I yeah. was in the military at that time. So I wasn't around. I was. My husband and I went to, to school together and stuff, but I wasn't around. I, I went off in the military. So yeah. in the 80s, I was in Germany and um, they were playing a lot of disco music, which was really crazy yeah. for me. <laughs> <So it> was <laughs> When I went to Germany, I was into punk rock <laughs> and they were uh, listening to 70s disco. Oh, <laughs> Oh, my. <laughs> so, oh, my. So I I was having a hard time at first, but then then country music came in. And then I really got into country music for a while there in Germany. Okay. That
1: was just fun. All right, Justine, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. I appreciate this.
2: Oh, no, thank you, Tom. I, you know, I just love this stuff. And I know what it has done for me and for other people. And we just don't, we don't address things Right. And what's interesting is, is that when you do these things this way, it makes life so much more fun and enjoyable. Right. People think it's more work. That's why they want the pill, right? They want the fast thing, but the pill doesn't work. Right. The pill doesn't. And, and this is actually fun when you get to know stuff about yourself and you you're empowered to do things. Um, you feel younger and you feel more energized and, you know, hey, it's life on your terms, which is great. So. Thank you for letting me share that message.
1: Absolutely. Um, Where can people find you?
2: Um. Well, they can go to Um. You'd have to write that out for them, I'm sure. I'm going to put uh, it in
1: the show notes.
2: Yeah. So just it's justinececile.com or they can write me at services at Justine Cecile. Um, and then if you go to my site, I do have a link to Facebook. It's just Justine Cecile Coaching. You can okay. find me there too. Um, I do have an Instagram account and stuff, but honestly, I I am not the social media queen. I talk on social media when I'm having conversations, but I'm I'm not about right. I'm not a posting person. So, um, I got a lot more things to do, <laughs> 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 and I like to live in the moment. So, like three hours after I say, oh, that would have been good on Instagram, but you know, in the moment, I'm uh, having a good time, and so I'm not.
1: That's okay. Once again, thank you for joining me today.
2: Yeah, well, no, thank you again, Tom. It, it was it was definitely my pleasure. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it.